Good evening. It is time for today's Tax Talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. It is Wednesday, May 4th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Now, it seems like we've talked about this story before, and I thought it was behind us. It came, and it went very quickly with the IRS several months ago announcing that they were going to use this biometric information so people can get in the website. And then there was big objections all over, even in Congress, even the Democrats in Congress, everybody were, was all over this, and then they canceled. Is that what they're going to do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Won't you join us? You know, it's like these stories never end. We think, you know, when, when they came out, they, uh, they did spend 80, I think it was 80 million, 80 million dollars. Uh, this was the contract that they had with this company called ID.me. Um, and the IRS was moving and said, hey, you got to give your, you got you to gotta give pictures and uh, government issued IDs and all, all of this. And... Um, then the, and again, as I mentioned, some some of Congress start. They already had drafted bills and introduced bills in Congress to prevent it. Uh, and the IRS said, "No, we're not going to do that. We, we got to keep doing it now because that's what we do. But we're gonna we're gonna phase it out, um, and we won't be doing this. But now they're they're going full bore into this. And they and according to the commissioner, who the commissioner of the IRS, who was on, who appeared at a subcommittee yesterday. Um, you know, he said, there's nothing we can do. We, if we want to go online, this is what we have to do. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just because you know, we have to prove the identity. And so, you know, swallow your, swallow your objections and get in line and give us your information and be done with it. Um, but it's not always that simple, right, because we're giving it to these third-party organizations. It's not even the government. Not that we can trust the government, the IRS has proven that they can't um, secure documents, uh, tax returns, let alone your personal information and your biometric information. I think I mentioned here on this show when we talked about it last time that here in Illinois, there is um, there's rules against using uh, biometric information without the expressed consent of uh of the uh, of the taxpayer would be in this case, um, and I'm not sure if I guess they can make you consent because there's no other way to do it. Right? There's no there's no other way to get the information. You can't call on the IRS. You can't call them on the phone. They won't answer the phone. And now they say, well, you, if you want to get online, you have to give us this information. That's the only way we're going to get any of this. You got to give us your bio information to get online to get your tax information, and it's, it's again it's held by a third party. And oh, don't worry, they're safe. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I, I was kind of drawn, kind of torn between what story to to go over today. There's a couple of good stories, uh, very similar stories. Um, I'm going to go with the one I think that was that was. Uh, I keep going back and forth. Because one was today, one story was today about, and it mentions that uh, that subcommittee appearance that I talked about. The other one was from just April fifteenth, 
and they were talking about the debacle before they really knew that they were going back to this. And it really does a great job of outlining why they shouldn't do it. I think I'm going to do it that one. I'll, I might read some of the other one. And then there's a third article about the, um, about the company ID.me and some fraud uh, from some of the – they had to fire some employees for fraud. And so, you know, it's, you can do all of these things to protect um, the taxpayer. But when the people that you're, that you're trusting to avoid those that you don't trust – are the ones you can't trust, it gets it gets very complicated, right? They just get cut, cut the right to the chase, and they get all the information. So anyway, here, so here's a good story. Let's let's start with that, okay? Uh, the IRS ID.me debacle, uh, a teaching moment for tech. Um, last year, when the internet, the IRS signed an 86 million. I said 80 million. I was wrong. $86 million contract with identity verification provider ID.me to provide biometric identity verification services. It was a monumental vote of confidence for this technology. Taxpayers could now verify their identities online using facial biometrics, a move meant to better secure the management of federal tax matters by American taxpayers. However, following loud opposition from privacy groups and bipartisan legislatures, who voiced privacy concerns, the IRS in February did an about-face, renouncing its plan. These critics took issue with the requirements that the taxpayers submit their biometrics in the form of a selfie as part of a new identity verification program. Since that time, both the IRS and ID.me have provided additional options that give taxpayers the choice of opting in to use ID.me's service of a, or authenticating their ID via a live virtual video uh, interview with an uh, agent. While this move may appease the parties who voiced concerns, including senators who had opposed the no facial recognition, uh, who, uh, who had proposed the no facial recognition at the IRS Act. As I mentioned, it came, very quickly they came up with some legislation to ban it. At the peak of the debate, the very public mis a very the very public misunderstanding of the IRS's deal with ID.me has marred public opinion of biometric authentication technology and raised larger questions for the, crypt, uh, the cybersecurity industry at large. Though the IRS has since... Let's get rid of this. Since, though the IRS has since agreed to continue offering ID.me's facial matching biometric technology as an ID, identify, identify Identity verification method for taxpayers with an opt-out option. It should be an opt-in option, in my opinion. Confusion still exists. The high-profile complaints against the IRS deal, deal have, at least for now, needlessly weakened public trust in biometric authentication technology and allowed fraudsters to feel highly relieved. However, there are lessons for both government agencies and technology providers to consider as the ID.me debacle fades into the rearview mirror. And here, this was on April 15th, but now it's right back. It's not in the rearview mirror anymore. Don't underestimate the political value of controversy. This recent controversy highlights the need for better education and understanding of the nuances of biometric technology. I'm sorry, but you just don't understand. You're too stupid to understand of the types of content that is potentially subject to facial recognition versus facial matching, the use, the use mat cases and potential privacy issues that arise from these technologies and the regulations needed to better protect consumer rights and interests. For example, 
there is a huge discrepancy between using biometrics with explicit informed user consent, explicit, not opt-out, but opt-in, user consent for a single one-time purchase that benefits the user, like identity verification and authentication to protect the user's identity from fraud, as opposed to scraping biometric data at each identity verification transaction without permission or using it for unconsented purposes like surveillance or even marketing purposes. Most consumers do not understand that their facial images on social media or other Internet sites may be harvested for biometric databases without their explicit consent. That's one reason why I wanted to read this uh, article instead of the other because most people don't realize this. When platforms like Facebook or Instagram expressly communicate such activity, it tends to be buried in the privacy policy, described in terms incomprehensible to the average user. In the case of ID.me, companies implementing this scraping technology should be required to educate users and capture explicit informed consent for the use case they are enabling. In other cases, different biometric technologies that seem to be performing the same function may not be equated equally created equally. Benchmarks like the like these provide an rigorous evaluation of biometric matching technologies and a standardized means of comparing their functionality and the ability to avoid problematic dip- demographic performance bias across attributes like skin tone, age, or gender. Biometric technology companies should be held accountable for not only the ethical use of biometrics, but the equitable use of biometrics that works well for the entire population they serve. I think that's a red flag, false red flag. Politicians and privacy activists are holding biometrics technology providers to a high standard, and they should. The stakes are high, and privacy matters. As such, these companies must be transparent, clear, and perhaps most importantly, proactive about communicating the nuances of their technology to those audience. But they're not doing any of that. One misinformed, fiery speech from a politician trying to win hearts during a campaign can undermine an otherwise consistent and focused consumer education effort. Is that what we have, a focused, consistent and focused consumer education program? Is that what we have? Uh, Senator Wyden, a member of the Senate Finance Committee, proclaimed no one should be forced to submit to facial recognition to access critical government services. And in doing so, he mischaracterized facial matching as facial recognition, and the damage was done. Is that right? Perhaps Senator Wyden did not realize millions of Americans submit to facial recognition every day when using critical services. I don't think most people know this, no. At the airport, at government facilities, and in many workplaces, but not, by not engaging with this misunderstanding at the outset, ID.me and the IRS allowed the public to openly, mis, openly misinformed and to present the agency's use of facial matching technology as unusual and nefarious. It is unusual and nefarious when used by the government, in my opinion. Against the daily, they'll say, well, that's not the government, it's a third party acting for the government which makes it even more dangerous. Against the deluge of third-party misinformation, ID.me's response was late and convoluted, if not misleading. In January, CEO Blake Hall said in a statement that ID.me does not use, one, many facial recognition technology. One to many. It's the one to many facial recognition technology. The comparison of one face against others stored in a central repository. Like 
Less than one week later, the latest in a string of inconsistencies. Hall backtracked, stating that ID.me does use one-to-many, but only once during enrollment. We never use it. Well, only once. Well, maybe after that, too. An ID.me engineer referenced the incongruity, uh, incongruity in the prescient Slack channel post. We could disable the one-to-many face search, but then lose a valuable fraud-fighting tool, or we could change our public stance on using one-to-many face search, but it seems we can't keep going one, doing one thing and saying another, as that's bound to land us in hot water. As it should. You're, you're lying, or at least misleading. Transparent and consistent communication with the public and key influencers using print and digital media as well as other creative channels will help counteract misinformation and provide assurance that facial biometric technology, when used with explicit informed consent to protect consumers, is more secure than legacy-based alternatives. Again, it is not explicit informed consent. It just isn't. As the engineer pointed out, they say they don't. Well, we do. Well, we don't. Well, we could. Well, we might. It's not consistent, and it's not, it's not consistent uh, informed consent. Rampant cybercrime has promoted more aggressive state and federal lawmaking, while policymakers have placed themselves in the center of push-pull between privacy and security, and from there they must act. Agency heads can claim that their legislative endeavors are fueled by commitment to constituent safety, security, and privacy. But Congress and the White House must decide what sweeping regulations protect all Americans from current cyber threat landscape. There is no shortage of regulatory precedents to reference. The California Consumer Privacy Act and its landmark European cousin, the Central Data Protection Regulation model, how to ensure that users understand that the kinds of data that organizations collect from them, how it's being used, measures to monitor and, mo- and manage that data, and how to opt out of data collection. Uh, to date, officials in Washington have left the data protection infrastructure to, to the states. Biometric infra- here, This is what I was talking about earlier. The Biometric Information Privacy Act in Illinois, as well as similar bills in Texas and Washington, regulate the collection and use of biometric data. These rules stipulate that organizations must c- obtain consent before collecting or disclosing a person's likeness or biometric data. They must also store biometric data securely and destroy it in a timely manner. This bill issues fines for violating the rules. If legislators were to craft and pass a law combining the tenets of the CCPA or the GPR regulations with the biometric-specific rules outlined in PIPA, (laughs) it's alphabet soup, Greater credence along the security and convenience of biometric authentication technology could be established. Biometric authentication providers and government agencies need to be good shepherds of the technology they offer and procure, and more importantly, when it comes to educating the public. No, it's, it's not about education. Sometimes education can be just propaganda. right? They tell you one thing and they do another. Oh, don't worry, it's all fine, but it's not. Some hide behind the ostensible fear of giving uh, cyber criminals too much information about how the technology works. Those companies' fortunes, not theirs, rest in the success of a particular deployment. And whenever there is a lack of communication and transparency, one will find opportunistic 
critics eager to publicly misrepresent biometric facial matching technology to advance their own agendas. Is this what they're going to talk about, misinformation? If I object, am I giving you misinformation and so therefore I should be silenced? When multiple lawmakers have painted facial recognition in biometrics companies as bad actors, they have missed the opportunity to weed out the real offenders, crybers, criminals, and identity crooks. Well, we know that there's cyber criminals and identity crooks. That's why we, that's why we need privacy, and, that's why we need, and I don't think giving it to the government is going to help that. They've, they've breached everything that we've put forward. The more you put forward, the more they breach it. Uh, that's the end of that. Anyway, that's that's kind of a. Uh, I, I want to let's just read a little bit of this because I think it's um, the IRS's ability to offer an array of online services. Because this is from the this is from the IRS commissioner. Uh, the uh, the IRS's ability to offer an array of online services to Americans is contingent upon the agency's ability to feel confident the people logging on to its online services are who they claim to be. IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick told lawmakers at a Tuesday hearing in front of the subcommittee of the Senate Appropriations Committee because he's asking for more money. He wants more money for this. Identity proofing users is something the agency has struggled to do for years. It recently faced public scrutiny from lawmakers and digital privacy advocates over using facial recognition provided by a digital identity company, ID.me, to verify identities. In February, the IRS announced it would offer options other than facial recognition and would work to add the General Service Administration's login.gov service after the 2002 uh, tax filing season. At the same time, the tax agency faces a paper backlog of tax returns and correspondence that the commissioner has vowed to get healthy by the end of the year. The agency's ability to offer services via call centers also has plummeted. Employees manning the phone lines are the same ones in charge of the paper backlog. But the IRS faces pressure to increase the number of services it offers to Americans via online accounts. I'm not going to go on because it's just an, it's kind of it's kind of going around in circles, isn't it? Uh, we're going to use facial recognition. No, we're not. That would be wrong. Now we well we have to. You can opt out, but we're going to make it really difficult for you to opt out because if you opt out, we can't. It won't work for us. So you really can't opt out. But we're going to say you can opt out. But we're not going to really tell you what we're doing. And, and if you object, well, then you just don't get the, you just won't be able to do anything. I think there was some information that they're going to require this for every uh, um, tax return. I don't, I don't think that's the case. Um, but just for you to get online and get information. And with the backlog, like you've been waiting for your re- refund for two years or a year, over a year, right, for two years ago. Uh, you know, it gets, and you can't get online. You can't call anybody. Nobody answers the phone. You can't get online. I think in this article they talk about only 60% of the people who try to create an account can create an account. It goes up over 70% with ID.me, but that's not 100%, right? Just the frustration of trying to get on the on these sites is is monumental. I've talked to many people. They try to get on. They try to get this information. And, you know, well, they ask me for my bank account. I give them my bank account. They say it's not my bank account. I give them another credit card. They tell me that's not my credit card. I can't get in. I can't call anybody. No one can fix it. You know, and then you're, so that's 40% of the people trying to get on. And they can't call anybody to to help them. And there's no online help. So now you're stuck. Anyway, that's just the way it is. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. I thought that's, it's it's interesting. We're going to, we're going to keep on this. 
because um, today was the first day I've heard it since February, and we all know it's coming. It's coming. They've, they've decided they spent $83, 86000000 million, and you're going to do it whether you like it or not. So, again, actually, we're going to ask you to like and subscribe. We want to get this content out. We need your help to do so. So like and subscribe. Thanks so much. Remember, if you have an IRS problem or if you owe the IRS any money or if you have unfiled tax returns, you don't know where to start. Here's where you can start. Get a copy of my book, Deal With Your IRS Problem, today. Go to freeirsbook.com, freeirsbook.com. That's freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy of Deal With Your IRS Problem today. So that's what. Um, so help us get the content out. We'll join you again. Tomorrow is Thursday. We'll be here again with you tomorrow. So we look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much for joining us here tonight. Out.